Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another broadcast of The Unexplained World. A world for some of us, no explanation is needed. And for others, that is why we are here. With your hosts, Edward Chanahan, a psychic medium, paranormal explorer, and author, along with Annette, who is a pagan truth seeker. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy. So enjoy. Listeners, welcome to the January 27th, 2019 broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan, that's me, and my co-host, Annette. Hello, Annette. Hello. Hi, Ed. How are you tonight? Uh, doing good, dreading tomorrow, but doing good for right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is it just because Anybody the in the Midwest should be dreading <laughs> tomorrow. So... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like our Sundays have been dreadful lately. But um otherwise we're doing good. Hello listeners. We hope that you're all doing good if you're in the Midwest or part of this winter, whatever they want to call it. Uh stay warm, be safe and be smart. If you don't have to, don't. If you have to just be safe doing it. That goes with many things in life, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Safety first. <laughs> Safety first. Be smart. Um, tonight on the show, the show is called Chicago Paranormal Legends. Right now, we do have Dale Kazmarek. He's waiting on the line. Uh, he is the author of six paranormal books, president of Ghost Research Society, speaker in demand, and a Chicago paranormal tour tour owner in the Chicagoland area. And he is now the longest-running paranormal tour operation in the Chicagoland area. Excursions into the Unknown um, Incorporated is the name of it. Also, the other, we have an interview. Uh, mm-hmm. I interviewed another legend. His name is Mr. Richard Przinski. He is the owner of the Haunted Chet's Melly Lounge. It's probably cool. one of the longest-running Haunted locations in the southwest suburb Chicagoland area. And on top of that, mm-hmm. we also have interviews that me, Dale, and Richard did in the basement of Chet's Melody Lounge of the Spirit Communication Sessions. We got H- eight actual um, clips, segments, clips, segments yeah. from that that uh, we can play on the air. 
Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, and they sound pretty good too. They sound pretty good ah. too. Yes, I like to good. say. I'm looking next, forward to come, these. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. It's it was good. It was fun. Uh, me and Dale seem like <laughs> when we go to places together. We've just only the second time, but we do get results. The other thing is not, we won't be here next Sunday as a regular show because it's Super Bowl Sunday. And we want everybody to yeah, enjoy their football. Enjoy their football. And I may, I'm not a football fan whatsoever, so I may, unless the guy keeps on hitting uprights, that's got to be something to kind of watch. But I got to, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be, I may, I may do a 15-minute, 30-minute um, segment on what's coming up for what we're doing. Okay. okay. I talked to you about that and uh, yeah. I may pre-record it and just run it. So we'll see what happens. Good. Um, then after that, we're going to have, yeah, yeah. It's like a verbal newsletter, I guess you could say yeah. um, an audio one. After that, the following week, we're going to have uh, Mr. Chuck Kennedy and it's going to be about PSI, which is basically involves science in the paranormal, science in the psychic world, stuff like that. So he's going to be on. Plus, Annette, we're going to have a we're going to be given exposure to music, a composer of music for soundtrack movie soundtracks from Great Britain. Um, Annette, and uh, brilliant, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll give you the information on it because you could do the intro. Um, a lot of fancy words. Um, <laughs> yeah, from United Kingdom, you could study up on like you're doing with your um, the words, your hellos to the different right. listeners right. worldwide. I, and you I know, think- I did. I had a nice uh, long stay for two weeks plus in Great Britain. So, yeah, really? I remember a few things. Yes. Oh. Nice out there, huh? Is it nice? Is it nice to visit? I had a wonderful time. I would go back in a second. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. So We toured all over. But that's good for another show. I'll tell you all about Stonehenge or something. (laughs) Okay. That'll be uh, two weeks from now, as I said. So should we bring on our guest, Mr. Dale Kazmarek? Should we bring him on? I'm dying to meet him. Okay. Um, Well, he's been on in the past. Remember we did the... Um, clip or the audio we had the guests on that did um, the true history of Bachelors Grove Cemetery, whatever it's called. Oh, he was, okay. Yeah. Oh, we're going back about four, we're going back about four years, but um, oh, okay. that was one of the okay, last well. interviews we did. And uh, he was on with uh, Jimmy O'Connor and him. Mm-hmm. He was on. We're talking about it. But uh, Dale Kazmarek since 1975 has been investigating the paranormal in the Chicago area. In 1982, he started Ghost Research Society and he has investigated over 4,100 cases Whoa. around the world. <laughs> so let's bring Dale on. Come on, work. Hello, Dale. How you doing? How Hi, you doing, Dale. Sir? Welcome to the show. My pleasure. So, uh, Dale, you've been busy, <laughs> as we can see by this. Um, in 1975, you started investigating. Give us a little background on that. Well, 
that's when my ser- serious ghost research started in 1975. I've always had an interest going back to my, even my teens and my childhood years. My parents used to tell me ghost stories when I was a youngster, and that's probably what kind of uh, got my interest. And then later on in life, uh, some of the stories, including the first stories I was ever told, was Resurrection Mary. Uh, mm-hmm. That was among my mom told me quite a bit about um, when I was growing up, my dad. Uh, they they were kind of, uh, at least my dad was kind of a, an amateur ghost hunter himself. He was back in the 1930s and early 1940s when that, first, that story first broke about a hitchhiking ghost in the southwest side. It was his uh, idea to take my mom out to a dinner, a dance, or a movie, a show, or whatever on the way back on a Saturday night, drive around the cemetery in the middle of the night trying to find the ghost. Of course, I never saw this ghost, but that was really cut, what really sparked my interest uh, a few years later, uh, we started a group in 1977 called the Ghost Trackers Club. It was a, 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 a just a, a couple of like-minded people that had an interest in the paranormal. Myself and Martin B. Ricardo, who helped found the group. I worked as a research assistant for five years under that uh, title until it became the Ghost Research Society in 1982. I took over as president at that time and uh, began investigating places all across the country. Wonderful. What would, what That's a nice long say, line. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ed. I'm sorry. Yeah. What would you say? Hmm, number one, Annette, Dale is an actual investigator. There's no two ways about it. He investigates. He goes to locations. Okay. Lucky for him and me, we're both basically grew up in what we call the Chicago Paranormal Pure. Um, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, but we're in the area, par, uh, Paranormal Triangle, we're in the area that we're surrounded by. We got Bachelors Grove one way. We got Willow Springs the other way. We got, wouldn't you agree, Dale? I mean, <laughs> couldn't get no better than this if you were interested. Well, Chicago's always been, you know, in my opinion, one of the most haunted cities, if not the haunted city in the world, is the, the Chicagoland area and the suburbs. Uh, there are well over... You know, in, in my that I've come across is well over 500 locations uh, in the Chicagoland area and suburbs, which are public accessible. That the public can actually go and visit uh, places mm-hmm. like bars, restaurants, um, you know, taverns, uh, you know, uh, gymnasiums, movie theaters, uh, cemeteries, sacred sites. Um, I mean, you name it. Uh, it's all it's all around us, and especially here in the south southwest side. Which is probably geographically speaking the 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 one area that seems to have the most congregation of ghosts and ghost sightings. And I grew up on the South Side all my life, so I was kind of born right into this. What would you say is now, the reason that it may be that way? Well, um, two two reasons probably. First of all, I grew up on the Southwest Side. So that's probably why I came across more South Side ghost stories, at least. Right, right. Um, but, but you know, in my books, and when you see the ghosts one and two, I mean, there's an equal, I would not say an equal number, but there's a fair, a fair amount of locations also in the western suburbs, the northwest side, the far northwest side, and also in the city of Chicago. But I think also in this southwest side, there seems to be more cemeteries that are haunted uh, because there's a lot of wide open land out here. A lot of this land was... Uh, uh, initially Indian lands, uh, then it was founded by, uh, uh, moved in by a number of different ethnic groups, including Irish, uh, Polish, and uh, Germans. 
And so there's a lot of wide open spaces out here and still a lot of cemeteries out in this area that are haunted, places that are kind of remote, places where, unfortunately, you know, bodies are, are discarded. There have been murders. There have been uh, kidnappings. There have been abductions. And, you know, all that leads to this paranormal drama, if you call it. Go ahead, Annette. You were going to ask something. Yeah, I was going to ask, Dale, if someone want, you mentioned that there are 500 places where, that are public where people could actually try to go in and have an experience maybe or learn more about the history by visiting it, is it through your books perhaps that a list would be available to people who want – how can people get started? Well, I mean, that's a good – It's a good. You know, I, I have a very, very extensive library at my house. I mean, this is the compilation of over 40 years of work. So I've come across not only original books uh, here uh, you know, in, the, in the Midwest, but also here in the Chicagoland area. Uh, I've been to England and Wales a, a couple of occasions. I've traveled throughout the country, so wherever I go, I, I'm always looking for regional ghost stories and regional books. But I, in my in my two books on Windy City Ghosts one and two, there is a, a large selection of a very famous, and in, in, especially in Windy City two, maybe not so famous ghost stories that people are just simply unaware of that may be right in their backyard. Uh, yeah. I found that when I began researching, you know, for these books, that it was it was very easy for people just to, uh, you know, get in the car and maybe a mile, two miles down the road, there might be something. I mean, that, especially here in the Chicagoland area, I mean. Here in the southwest side, I do a tour. I might, one of my um, uh, uh, tour routes that I do is called the, the Haunted Archer Avenue Tour. And on that tour alone, for just a three- to four-hour tour, there's, uh, there's more than 20 locations that I take people to. And that's just in a short area around Archer Avenue. So that's a very concentrated wow. a- area, uh, especially with Resurrection Mary and other locations all up and down Archer. Hmm. Plus you got the roadside memorials that are kind of, building up on that little stretch of Archer uh, Avenue in Willow Springs that I call the stretch of death. It seems like there's oh, more and there's, more. Yeah. Unfortunately, there have been a lot of untimely deaths. Uh, there have been accidents. There have been people that struck struck deer, ran off the road, head-on collisions, fell asleep behind the wheel, or, or met some sort of foul play along Archer Avenue. It's a very, very dark, secluded area. If anybody's been out on Archer Avenue, especially at night, you know they'll, they'll know what I'm talking about. It's a single uh, two-lane highway. 55 mile an hour speed limit, uh, very desolate out there, and the area itself just lends itself to the possibility that you know you, you know you just take one wrong turn or something, and you might be the next uh, spirit or untimely death that happened along Archer Avenue. Of course, that that goes into murders, you know, bodies being thrown there, especially like on German Church Road, which is only a, basically mm-hmm. a stone's throw away from Archer Avenue. Right, right. What's the next road north, mm-hmm. basically? Um, what, how many members do you have in your group, your organization? Well, I have about 20 members in my group, uh, and they're, you know, they're, most of them here are local to this area. I do have a few that are out of state. Uh, I have one in Connecticut, uh, California, Washington State, um, Kentucky, uh, Connecticut, New Jersey. So they're kind of spread around, you know, and, but the, the core group here is um, – uh, made up of members from all walks of life. I mean, we have uh, we have lawyers, we have uh, 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 people that work for the school system. We also have nurses in our uh, several nurses, uh, professional people that are very, you know, very down to earth. So they're not a bunch of bunch of kooks or anything. I mean, very very dedicated people. <laughs> no, not in the paranormal field. Come on. 
<laughs> the paranormal field. There's no cooks. Cooks in the paranormal field. Come on. Um, uh, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, yeah, it's a nice size group. It's a nice, and they get. It's not to stand around and watch what you're doing. They actually get involved in investigating. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. uh, we'll go to a location. If it's a private home, you know, our, our protocol is basically uh, we do kind of a three-step protocol. The first step, uh, basically, you know, they go through with the equipment, maybe a floor map, get their get their feelings. They're never told anything in advance. It's, I think it's more scientific that way. Then in phase two, they'll sit down with the clients, and before, you know, you know, basically the client tells them what's been going on. They'll tell the client basically what they have picked up and see how that matches when the client comes back because I've already interviewed the client, so I know what's been going on. Then in phase three, we, we would set up the equipment, maybe perhaps do some EVP sessions, electronic voice phenomena, trying to capture spirit voices on, on digital recorders. And then if we have to do a follow-up or whatever, the public cases that are very, very well-known or well-documented, obviously we most people know what they're getting into before we get there, but there's still very, very large venues. What we try to do there is to also try to communicate with spirits, find out what, why they're there, and gather evidence. That's really what, what our main purpose is, to gather some proof for the existence of life after death. When, um, go ahead on that. I was going to ask Dale, um, try to get some proof of life after death. On a personal level, Dale, do you have a feeling that there is definitely life after death. Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, the one of the main purposes I, I when I started to get involved with this was, um, you know, I was born and raised Catholic, and I was mm-hmm. always told there was a heaven, a hell, and something called a purgatory, something in between. Mm-hmm. Where I was told that maybe you weren't good enough for heaven, or you weren't bad enough for hell. You're kind of put in a holding pattern. But if you think of it. As a, if you look at it through a paranormal aspect now, this, it makes perfect sense. The purgatory is the in-between, the, the earthbound spirits being here. So I kind of got into the idea that if I could prove the existence of ghosts definitively, come up with some proof that people would accept, then basically you prove that there's life after death because our surviving personalities, the surviving soul, after we die, may remain here for a time for whatever reason. And that was one of my main purposes, to get involved. I've seen uh, several dozen ghosts in my time. I've been touched a few times. I've never been physically abused by any ghosts, scratched or anything like that. But I've had some contact throughout my personal investigations we've done with our group. Okay. Maybe doc- well, they're documented on your website, right? A good, a good oh, absolutely. Your- uh, we have a okay. very large, extensive website. Uh, that you can go to, you can actually go to, uh, if you look on the left side, you'll look for a section that says GRS Investigations, Ghost Research Society Investigations. You click on that, it'll take you to a page of basically uh, kind of an index page with all, not every single place, but a lot of the locations we've investigated. I mean, there's no 4,000 cases on there, obviously, but there's quite a few on there. You can click on any of those, read about what we do. At the very bottom of each uh, investigative file, is our evidence that you can click on. There are clickable links. Take it to a YouTube page. You can actually see and hear what we're picking up as far as EVPs or visuals, and in some cases, some photographs that we've captured along the way, too. What is the website? The website is www.ghostresearch.org, ghostresearch.org. Okay. And the name of your books. Give us the rundown. You have six of them. 
Well, I have several of them. I have Windy City Ghost, Windy City Ghost 2, and those are about Chicago and Chicago land ghost stories. I have one called Field Guides of Spirit Photography, which is all about taking pictures and capturing images on, on uh, media. A Field Guide to Ghost Hunting Techniques, which is kind of a, um, you know, a crash course in becoming a ghost investigator, the do's and don'ts, and what will you know, better your chances of coming, becoming an investigator. I also have one called Illuminating the Darkness, the Mystery of Spook Lights, which is, talks about my exploits and travels across the country looking into ghost lights and spook lights, like the famous Joplin lights, the Brown Mountain lights. And my latest book is on a field guide to, uh, go, um, field guide to haunted highways and bridges, which is kind of our haunted infrastructure. There's, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of people die every year on our highways, and I figured that would be a great a book to write to kind of document places where people have lost their lives and later on there have been some ghostly activity. Uh, sometimes there are bridges where people have committed suicide. Other times it's just people that have died along the highway for one per, uh, one reason or another. Now where can they find your These book? all sound like I'd like to pick those up. Yeah, where can we find yeah. them? Yeah, all the books are basically online on my website. You can also purchase them, obviously, through Amazon.com. I also often tell people if you want to get an autographed copy, you, the best way is to uh, you order them directly from my site. I send them directly to you. I can personalize the books for you and get them autographed. Nice, nice. What would you say is in the southwest suburbs, what would you say is the most active location you've been Currently. Well, um, that's kind of a trick question because, I mean, I normally would have jumped immediately and said Bachelors Grove Cemetery. Um, but Bachelors Grove has not been very active here recently. I mean, there have been some, some instances where people have gotten some stuff. I've, I've done some uh, investigations. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, two years ago we did a nighttime investigation at Bachelors Grove. We got special permission to be out there. We got some crazy stuff, I mean, uh, especially through the Ovilus. Uh We asked the question and uh, some something came out called picture, and of course there was a very famous picture that we took out there back in 1991 of a woman sitting on a tombstone. So that kind of mm-hmm. made some interesting sense, and it was some other things that we got there as, as far as evidence that that evening, which was very very interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean there are a number of places here on the southwest side. I still would probably say Bachelors Grove is probably still the most active, the most, uh, the one area that you can pretty much almost, almost guarantee that you can go out there and get something. Maybe a strange fo- photograph, a strange feeling, uh, maybe an EVP, something like that. Maybe you'll, you'll have your equipment die, the, the batteries will die, be drained of power. You might feel yourself, if you're, if you're sensitive at all, you might feel something out there. You might even feel drained yourself. I mean, it happens very often out there at Bachelors Grove. How long have you been going there? I started there. My very first time uh, place to, uh, time I went to Bachelors Grove was back in 1977. Um, <laughs> and then uh, in 1979 and 1980, uh, you might have seen the pictures of the sign. Uh, those are the yeah. only two pictures, to my, to my knowledge. I mean, if somebody has a picture, let me know but, or, or call into the show. But I may have been the only person to actually photograph the Bachelors Grove sign there before it was eventually torn down, and maybe it was in somebody's garage or maybe somewhere else. It, it, the whereabouts of that sign is, are basically a mystery. But I've been going there often. My very first investigation there was in 1982. 
and I went there with a professional psychic. I think I got you beat. I was roaming around there exploring, I should say, uh, back in 74. And uh, when I turned 16, (laughs) first place I went, boom, Um, because Richard Crowe was on the radio talking about it. And speaking of him, yeah, speaking of him, he was on Eddie Short Show. Speaking of him, um, you are now, he was the first, you were the second ghost tour in the Chicagoland area. Now you, I would say, would be the longest-running ghost tour in the Chicagoland area. Right. Well, Richard Crow, I believe, started his ghost tours back in 1973 as part of a, a project for his uh, a history class uh, in uh, DePaul University and uh, eventually turned away hundreds of people the very first tour because so many people were interested in that. They, they had, nobody had ever come up with that idea. So he was the, the founder, basically, of Chicagoland ghost tours, and he ran them very successfully. I went on several of his tours back in the late 70s and early 1980s because I just I heard so much about the guy. He was you know, a great orator. He was a great you know, a researcher and uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, he died uh, uh, several years ago, and uh, mm-hmm. my tours began in 1982. Uh, it wasn't any type of competition. I just wanted to you know, show people a little bit different aspect of the paranormal and get more actively involved. And so after he died, basically, um, I became the longest-running tour in Chicago. Um, now, would speaking of longest running, would um, Chesmelly Lounge be the longest or the oldest standing or the longest or the place known the longest? Uh, besides well, Pastor Scroll, but building standing, would that be the oldest one out there? In our area? It's one of the. It's, it's, it's not. It's not the. It's one of the longest running. Remember the history of Chet's. Uh, there was at one time three bars across the road. Um, I haven't yet been able to actually come up with the names. I need to probably visit to the Justice uh, uh, Historical Society again in the library and maybe come up with some of that information. But I know that there was. This is what was told initially by Chet. Uh, his uh, Richard's father, which I actually did meet several times, uh, I used to bring my ghost tours inside there, and he was very accommodating as well because it was the same time that Richard was still doing his ghost tour. And he mentioned on one of his um, uh, one of his stops in there that Richard had pulled in that there used to be three bars across the street at one time. He's a, the, the last surviving bar across the street. Because you know, remember back then when the resurrection was just starting back around 1904, mm-hmm. uh, it was a you know, it was a long day for people to come out there and bury the dead. I mean, it was the in the infancy of uh, automobiles. I mean, most people had right. you know horse buggies and uh, things of like that to get back and forth, and they would come out there to the to the grave. They would they would you know pay their respects. They'd have a lunch afterwards. It, it'd be a whole day thing, and then of course you'd, you'd go across the street and you'd have some drinks at a bar uh, to kind of celebrate the dead and kind of you know the camaraderie of the people that were involved in the. Uh, the family and so forth. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, that that tavern has been around there for a very very long time. Yeah, I think on the interview he tells me how long, and I was actually surprised. I didn't think it would be was as long as he said, but it was like wow. Um, and that interview will be coming up very shortly. Um, what would you say? What would you? What would the advice you? What advice would you give to somebody that would? It's probably in their young 20s, mid-20s, looking to get involved in the paranormal field, 
a lot of them go in there with the gander of, oh, wow, I want to be famous and all this other stuff. I think you would agree that takes many years to become known. And a lot of times... A lot of times being known and a dollar could buy you a cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, my um, best advice for anybody trying to get in the paranormal field is to take it slowly. I mean, uh, I have, uh, I've been around, you know, for a great deal of time, as you know, and I've seen so many, so many uh, I'll call them fly-by-night groups, that, that basically they're here one day, two weeks later, a month later, a year later, they're gone. Um, the main thing I always tell people, if you're really serious about getting involved with the paranormal, don't just jump to the conclusion that you can start your own group, because you can, you can do that. You can start your group, make your website, pick up a piece of equipment, and bam, you're a ghost hunter. Um, what I like to tell people is to join, uh, try to join or join a, you know, an experienced group that's been around for a while. If it's not my group, maybe somebody else. And learn from somebody who's experienced. I, I will always say there are no experts in the field. That's that's my biggest thing. Right. I like to right. say there are people that have more whiskers, so to speak. They've been around for a while. Join a group that's very experienced. Learn from them before you decide. This will give you a real feeling about whether or not this is right for you. And then later on you can decide, okay, maybe I want to branch off now and start my group. And I've had so many people that have come through my group um, and are now very successful in their own groups, and they were there for many, many years. Uh, so I think that's the main thing. The, the notoriety, and that'll come later if that's what you're really interested. If you're really, uh, if you're into the paranormal simply to be famous, to be on TV, and make a lot of money, let me tell you, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, uh, no. Most, most you places may, you can take a lot on TV, good. they don't pay anyway. Yeah, you can take a lot of selfies and, you know, be known that way, but... Um... The best thing is to learn what you're doing. By joining a group, too, that's established, you get a little insight to the politics in the Chicagoland area, too, as far as the paranormal field goes. Yeah. Absolutely. It sure is good advice, plain and simple, for anything that you want to try in your life. Go learn from someone who's experienced and then see if it's right for you and branch off if you feel that that's where it's taking you. That's good advice for Anything across the board. So yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there's people like I mean, you got to remember, there are a lot of these these paranormal TV shows that come on, and I won't mention uh, their names. I mean, you know who I'm, what I'm talking about. Yeah. I will say that those TV shows have attracted a lot of people to the paranormal because they mm-hmm. want to not so much they want to be on TV and be famous, but hey, okay, this is something I can do. I can get equipment. I can do stuff like that. And I will give they're them credit for too. that. You know, their protocols, their methodologies sometimes are very flawed. In some cases, as you know, they fake their, their evidence. But it gives, it gives the, the, the impetus for people to become involved. And I saw that right after the movie Ghostbusters came out in 1984, oh, actually, an influx yeah. of interest into the field. And then with these paranormal shows started on TV, it even climbed even more. So I've been, I've been watching this, this, this pattern for many decades now. Uh, the paranormal shows will give people, you know, the uh, the idea that it's this might be something for them to try, and I do, you know, applaud them for that, if nothing else. Yeah, and some of them do have some decent ideas. It's like I've been watching one that comes on. They have some marathon on Saturday, Friday, Saturdays, and it's like, hmm, interesting. You know, um, speaking of equipment, 
Have you gotten your hands on that one that has a little skeleton guy running through with the camera? Yeah, it's called a X-Cam structured light sensor device. It was purchased from a digital dowsing, and for those that are not familiar with digital dowsing, go to digital dowsing. They're, they make equipment specifically for ghost hunting. You can find that website, digitaldowsing.com. A guy named Bill Chappell, who is a real genius behind all this equipment, has put together some very fascinating pieces of equipment. Now, this is a very expensive piece. It's about a $1,200 device, which yeah. I actually have. I have over $12,000. Oh, you, you have that piece? Yes, I do. Oh, uh, but you oh, can get, I, you got to have me come out one time with you just, just to see absolutely. that thing. It, absolutely. Yeah, I was uh, like fascinated with There are other stuff. devices that are very similar that kind of use a mapping feature that you can get for three or $400. They don't have all the features that the, the digital dowsing device has. And the idea behind this is it projects, it uses a connect system, produces a, 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 a map of thousands and thousands of very compact dots that you cannot see with the naked eye. You can see them through a night vision camera. And um, if something comes into that mapped out area, it's a big giant square this produces, it will actually, similar to a laser grid, it'll break the beam and create a stick figure that'll be mapped out. And you'll know that there's something there. Oh, yeah, it's fascinating to watch. We've had some very interesting results on it, which are also on the website for people to see. Oh, yeah? Under what locations would that be under? Um, Did you use that? Quite a number. I would have to remember exactly which sites we use it at. I mean, we've been using that pretty much uh, for the last several years now. Um, But I know uh, we've used it at um, Bachelors Grove in the past. We've used it. You can use this during daytime or nighttime, actually. It's probably a little bit better at the nighttime because dots, um, the daytime with the the sun, the kind of Uh plays a little havoc with the dots. They're not so easily seen. Um, Okay. And it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't push out those those dots real far. So you got to be in a smaller area, like a room, a hallway, yeah. or something yeah. like that. Oh yeah, I've been I've been totally totally impressed with that. Somebody's moving big time in the background. <laughs> uh, yeah, picking that up. Um, let's go into the in. Um, I know when we were you and I and. Met Richard at Chet's and um, the week before Christmas, and we went in the basement, and we had a very good good experiences down there. But let me do the interview with Richard first, then we'll get into doing what we can what you captured down there. How's that sound? Okay. okay. All right, I'm gonna run the interview with Richard. All right, that's Shane Handback. We're down here at uh, the basement of Chet's Melody Lounge. Uh, location I actually held uh, a my circle of energy seance. I'm with the owner Dale setting up his 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 spirit communication device, and but I'm here with the owner Richard Porzinski. Okay, I'm very bad when it comes to you know the Irish just can't kick out them Polish names. All right, um, Richard. Besides the stories of Resurrection Mary, you do have another spirit that wanders this property um well actually we're down here in the basement and uh there's been several um in the 
that have been picked up with the newer devices that are coming out now. Right. Uh, we're finding um, more adults. There's definitely a, a gentleman that's been down here for as long as I can remember, um, and his name is Ben. Just recently we um, had picked up four children's voices. And um, with the devices, they were actually, they, they got ages and names of these children. And even backgrounds, they communicated, they being the other group that was down here at the time, uh, picked up background on, on uh, where they came from and how long they were here. And I, I didn't sit in on that whole half hour of them right. picking up information. Right. But they got um, quite a bit of of information from four children, and then one other adult besides um, the the Ben that has been I know has been down here for he's a guy I've known for <laughs> many years. And the cool thing is too is your Grove has reasoning to be active, right? Well, um, I've been told by different mediums that. Uh, even with Archer being an old Indian trail, there's so many settlers that died on the right. sides of the road, uh, Indian battles, because uh, we've had this property. All this was forest and prairie, and uh, Archer's an old Indian trail, and this building's been here 115 years, so there's... You never know, you never know who, who's gonna who visit. was buried, yeah. and, and the spirits that are... They may have died in a battle or died of uh, gangrene. You know, you right. settlers uh, had no antibiotics, so any thrown from a horse, you might not have made it. So there's a lot of people that, a lot of spirits that seem to have been. How long has this building been standing here? Uh, the building's 115 years old. Wow. So where we're standing, could have there could have been... You know, uh, a, a campsite and horse and buggy or Indian settlement. Um, there was a lot of things um, in in this whole area that go go back centuries. Okay, we're gonna. I'm waiting for Dale to get his, his stuff ready to go, and uh, I'm gonna stick down here for a bit. Sure. Okay, because I like to uh, see you see this. All the way by a phone call, we're good. Okay. How's it look, Dale? Already. You're ready? Yep. All right. There you go, Dale. You're already. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, that was a nice little history that Richard gave to us. Hello? Yes, it was. Yeah. And that, you still there? Yes, I am. Okay. Okay. So, um, so we spent about as the chef was saying that this this when this building was standing, in the, you know, the, up and down Archer Avenue was all prairie. I mean, it was some woods, it was some prairie. It was really nothing nothing more than that. The buildings you see today, I mean, even Archer Avenue, you know, back probably then was uh, who knows what Archer Avenue was made of? Was it was it asphalt? Was it an old uh, horse and buggy trail? I mean, uh, it goes way way back. So um, yeah, this this area has a lot of history to it. Yeah, and uh, Resurrection Cemetery across the street has its own activities. Uh, the mausoleum has activity galore. Even when it's closed, the police get calls. 
I've heard it on my police scanner. Uh, you've you've heard stories of stuff that goes on in there. So, Absolutely. Uh, in fact, I even uh, had an uh, email conversation with a uh, uh, a fire department official uh, that I don't know if he just simply had contacted me out of the clear blue sky one day, and we just started talking, and he started tell, giving me dates and times of different uh, responses that they had to go because there was fire alarms going on. There was a blackout that blacked out an entire section of Willow Springs during a shooting of a show in, in the Willowbrook Ballroom, uh, which was attributed apparently to the mausoleum. There's been passive infrared motion detectors that would indicate movement inside there, like they thought there was an intruder. They went, they searched the area, nothing. The lights go off and on by themselves. We see this on our bus trips. In fact, somebody thought I had a button that was pushing when I went past the mausoleum <laughs> and make the, make the effect. They said no. In fact, I didn't know this until after I got done with the tour. There was actually an employee that worked in the mausoleum who came up to me and said, that's impossible. There's nobody in the mausoleum, and the lights are not on any timers. They would go off and on by themselves. He could not explain what he had just saw. Yeah. Do you have any questions on that? No, I find it's, it's, it's cool that what Dale is looking for is evidence. You know, I like that when he uses that term, instead of just getting the experience for himself or, you know, the little thrill or whatever. I like that yeah. he's gathering information that feels like it feels scientific. But I, but I will say the thrill is always great because you okay. the anticipation <laughs> to, go, to go into this location, the anticipation that you're going to have an encounter, that you're going to see something, that you're going to be ex- experienced in some way. And not just them gathering in evidence, but personal encounters or personal experiences are always a plus because I research the areas I go to very sensibly before I go there, but sometimes mm-hmm. things unexpectedly happen that you don't expect to happen, and that's where the real thrill comes in. Those are always Okay. <laughs> oh, we were even when we were doing chats, we were like, wow, did you hear that? You know, um, you may yeah. even hear it a little bit on the tapes. Uh, the, oh, and the even when we were doing the Humphrey House, too, the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quite a bit of stuff um, that came through there. Well, Very relevant I was, information, too, that came to what, what, what you're talking about. I was uh, very impressed with your device that you use. That was the first time I had exposure to it was at the Humphrey House. It amazed me. Uh, and then we used it again at Chet's. I don't know if you want to give it away or tell people what it is, but... Oh, absolutely. It's your... I mean, I Go think ahead. more people should, should. It's called a phasma box. That's P H A S M A, then B O X, phasma box. And you can actually find that if you just Google that on um, you know, either uh, Google or go to uh, the, um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, to, to buy applications for your phone. Well, you can't actually use it on your phone. It has to no, be a no. Windows based product like a, a, a tablet or a laptop. Or you can go yeah, to look, their website called ExtremeSenses.com. It's a 14.95 app, and what it actually does. What the, uh, I had a conversation with the with the person who designed this, so it's coming right from the horse's mouth. That basically it uses sound banks. Uh, sound banks is kind of a nebulous term, but there are sound banks in, 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 uh, employed in here, as well as some internet radio that comes through. It depends where you're at, basically, if you have a Wi-Fi signal and everything. And the way he explains it to me, that the spirits are able to manipulate these sound banks and pull out appropriate responses, in some cases, for what you're asking. 
and there's a reverb effect, there's kind of an echo effect, so it, it kind of allows you to, if you hear, if you don't hear it the first time, you might say, hello, 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 kind of does that kind of thing. So it's, it's a great device. We've gotten some amazing responses. We were in a cemetery in Indiana that had, we, we, there were no grave markers. We simply asked the question, how many graves are here? Uh, there was a slight pause, and then a very deep male voice said, more than 100. Huh. Uh, mm-hmm. So I mean, we've gotten direct responses to questions asked that were very relevant. Uh, we were in the Elgin Casket Factory using that. Uh, we had a stick figure show up next to a fuse box that was a, a fake fuse box. It was there for effect. So I asked the question, can the spirit touch that fuse box or turn it on? A voice came through that says, it doesn't work. Oh, my. And I go, wow. He knew that there was a fake fuse box, and he says, it doesn't work. And that was in real time, so we actually heard that. And that's the neat thing about these. Uh, in the past, when you did EVP sessions, you'd ask a question, you'd leave some space. you ask a question, you'd leave some space. And then later mm-hmm. you would review this. Now you can get responses in real time and build upon mm-hmm. that. So that's what we do, and we've been, we've been doing for uh, several months with this device, and we've got some amazing responses. And I've downloaded it also. So, What were you going to say, Annette? I was going to say you can actually have an intelligent conversation if it's in real time. Continue to ask the next sequence of questions. Absolutely. And that's, that's you know, the, the old-fashioned way of doing EVPs. I mean, we still do those every now and then. But that's what I would call a one-sided communication. I mean, you're asking questions. They might be responding, but we can't hear the responses because they're true EVPs. They're above or below our sound. Our sound we pick up is between 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz. Anything below that would be infrasound. Anything above that would be ultrasound that we can't hear. So those were EVPs land. So when you're asking the questions, you might get a response, but you don't get it until the playback. Here in real time, you can ask, like you said, and build upon that conversation. Much less frustrating for you as the investigator and for the spirit who's actually trying to reach out and make a communication. Right. Now, a lot of times yeah. when, we, when we do see devices, even like the obelisk or the, the, the spirit boxes or, in this case, the, the phasma box, we might get a lot of garbage that comes through that doesn't make any sense at all, Words, that, random words that come out. So, so you know, those will come and go, we'll get those often, and usually I'll, I'll, I'll still cut them out, you know, and put them aside. But, again, they may not, there may have not even been a question asked, and suddenly a word will come out or, or a series of words or maybe a, a, a part of a sentence might come through. But it doesn't make any sense to what we're talking about. And that's kind of the garbage that we occasionally can come through these devices. But many times you will get intelligent responses. Wow. And Annette, with, with this thing that he has, okay, yeah. he can yeah. play it backwards. And I believe we have one of the sessions on here. We play it backwards, and Dale plays backwards and gets here stuff that way, too. Am I correct, Dale? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Again, anything that we get uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense, that sounds like it's sometimes speaking in a foreign language, and we've actually had that. We've actually had a guy at the Elgin Casket Factory say, in German. He said, in German. So we know that we were trying to figure out, what are you talking in? And what kind of a language are you talking in? He said, in German. He replied directly to that. 
So, I mean, in that case, you'd have to you know, cut that out and then give it to somebody who speaks German to see if it makes yeah. sense. Or in some cases, like Ed, Edward just said, you know, it may not be making any sense at all until you put it into something like Audacity and flip it and play it in reverse, and then, then it might make perfect sense. And that was the same thing with EVPs, too. Mm, interesting. There's so much to it. Oh, absolutely. Let's play these. Yeah, let's play these. We're going to start with number one. Um, Dale, do you recall what the question was that we asked? Uh, which, what is number one? Uh, oh, number one is, list. yeah. Um, the number one, one is okay. the basement. basement. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, basically we had asked the question, you know, can you tell us what, what room we're in right now? And okay, let me play it. There's, there's, and then comes through and it says basement. I'm going to play it right now. Can you tell us what room we're in right now? Creepy. Now, yeah. the thing about the Phasma box and even the obelisk and so forth is that even the ghost boxes, you got to play with these for a while because sometimes you don't catch these things in real time. That's why we record them. Some cases you can hear the response in real time and make it very clear, like basement and other things. But in some cases, it takes, takes months and months to work with these, and eventually you'll find the rhythmic pattern and how they talk, and then it makes sense that these are easier to pick up. Oh, the one that we can't play was very, uh, (laughs) very outspoken. Yeah. It um, had a response to me, uh, my question. All right, this is number two. It's uh, it's called a fascinating case is what it's Yeah, this one we didn't ask a question at all. But remember, we were working on this. I, you know, we could call it a case if you were. You call it an investigation, and a voice comes through and it very clearly says a fascinating case. Okay, going to play it now. Let me turn it up some and play it again. There you go. It yeah. sounded so casual. Uh, what is it saying again? A, fa- a, a fascinating, fascinating case. case. Oh, a fascinating case. A fascinating God. case. And, okay. uh, you know, these are, these, is, these are one of several unsolicited unsolic- uh, responses we got when we were there. But we had been talking about certain things not too far away from here that kind of tied into where these responses later came on. Number three, we're going to play right now. Let's see if we got uh, the question asked before and then uh, the response to the question. Let's see if something like that comes up. It says, be constantly pleasing. Play it again. Be constantly pleasing. Did you pick it up that time, Annette? No, be what pleasing? Constantly. Be constantly. Yeah. And it's a woman's voice. 
Yeah, yeah, we get women's voices, we get male voices, and in some cases we get children's voices that come through this. We okay. actually did get some children's voices that came through here. At uh, I, think, I, think, I think the next one is actually children, too, because yeah. uh, I think we, we, we had just been talking, you had just been talking to uh, uh, Richard about the last time you were there with your circle of light, and you had invited some children to come over to help out from across the street. And a very mm-hmm. deep male voice says, children. And we're going to play that right now. We've been picking up children. Who's down here? Who's down here? Can you tell us your first name? Can you tell me your first name? Yeah, it's yeah, not like it's I, I made it a little bit longer, EVP, because I wanted to put the beginning where Edward was talking about the children. So that's mm-hmm. why it's a little bit longer. And at the very end of that, you hear that deep male voice say children. going to do it one more time. We've been picking up children. <laughs> Who's down here? Who's down here? Can you tell us your first name? Can you tell me your first name? Children. Children. Did you hear that? Children. You were talking about children. Fascinating because again we had yeah. just been talking about children and that voice comes through and it says children or the children. But it said children was very clear that it came out. How do you like that, And that Sounds cool, don't it? It's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing. You know what? So I, I am hearing most of what you're telling me I'm hearing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, yeah. There have been Here's some things one. in the past that we've listened to that I, I couldn't really hear what they were telling me I was supposed to be hearing. But I can hear mm-hmm. here. This yeah. one, this one's. This one's pretty clear. We won't even tell you what it said, but we were talking about Bridgeview, and then Edward says, what about Bridgeview? And the response doesn't make any sense to what we just asked, but it was kind of interesting where we were at. Here we go. What about Bridgeview? What about Bridgeview? One more time. What about Bridgeview? You, you know that, that does no relation, no reason. It says, "Look over your shoulder." Here we go. One more time. It says, "Look over your." What shoulder. about Bridgeview? What about Bridgeview? Okay. I, the I, thing now is, now that you told me. Yeah. Okay. The thing about it, Dale, is I'm thinking um, Bridgeview is, if we turned around, would be behind us if we looked. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just the next town yeah. over. Yeah. Yep. Right behind us or ahead of us. We're, yeah. Um, number six. It's another. Now this one here, well, again, we were, you, know, you were commenting 
at the very beginning of our EVP session uh, that you had been here in the past, you know, and then this voice comes through and it says, that's important, and then it follows by another one, pray to help the wounded. Yeah. Wow. So let's, uh, let's go with this. Before and actually held a session. to help the wounded. One more time. Before and actually held a session. to help the wounded. I was talking about holding my seances down there, and that's when it says uh, that's important. That's, and then, that's important, right. Now, yeah, I, I can't figure out why the pray to help the wounded was there, but, uh, again, there's a cemetery right across the street. And remember, I did invite, invite spirits over, and we had, matter of fact, when I said you were going to be in and about going in the basement, somebody that was back there in 2011 when I did the Circle of Energy emailed me and said they, they remembered that night totally. They remembered the experiences they had and everything else. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was a good night <laughs> for there. Yeah, sure it was. All right, number seven. Number so. seven was, again, an, an, an unsolicited response, but it was in a child's voice. And this was, I believe, after we we had the, I remember the, the the sequence, I believe this is after this at children. So this is already when children were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to play that now. That's a baby. That's a child. So something about protected or protected. You are protected. You're safe. I'm going to play it again. That's a baby. That's a child. So something about protected or protected. You are protected. You're safe. That one is cool. That one is a little yeah, crazy. That, that's crazy. That's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. And we do get children's voices quite a bit, especially when there's when we go to locations and there's a, there's been evidence in the past of children's ghosts there. Mm-hmm. That's even that's even more amazing. And, and like you said, you had invited children there last time you were there so you know maybe they were coming again to uh you know chime in it sure looks like and it. i do have children that kind of follow me and i believe spirits have memories they're not going to forget that you've been there before okay right and, yeah. and i think that's probably why we got the response the one when i asked and we're not going to play it uh how many spirits are here and it said f you okay but the yeah. actual words yeah yeah it's clear right. clear as day when did you agree on that? <laughs> we do we do get unfortunately yeah. some uh, explicatives that come through or cuss words or inappropriate responses. I put them on my website unedited because I just figured I always put a you know kind of a disclaimer on there. You listen to your listen to your at your own risk because you never know yeah. what the spirits are going to pipe up with. <laughs> and this will be the last one we play. This last what one was think so? the very end. And uh, we were getting ready to conclude our EVP session, and then a voice comes through that says, really great talking. Wow. Yeah. Really great talking. Really great talking. Really great talking. Now it was a woman's voice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, guys, I always think of the spirit realm kind of in a, you know, in in a loop. You know, I, I have a hard, I have a hard time imagining that a ghost is just do, going about its 
daily business just like I am myself. But that's how this con- these conversations sound. You're like, oh, well, we've just been here anyway, and we're just doing our normal thing. We might even speak up and if you're, even if you're not bugging us. So, well, you've got to remember, places that we've been to, and I'm sure that Ed's been to in the past, uh, there's been locations perhaps that, you know, there are ghosts there that never had an opportunity to say something, and now they're given the opportunity to say something. And in some cases, they're very talkative. They want to get some sort of message across. They want to answer questions. They want to talk with you. And in some cases, we have to say at the end of our EVP session that, you know, you know, it's been nice talking to you and everything, but don't follow us. Stay where you're at and stay here because, you, don't, you know, my wife doesn't really appreciate that too much if I bring a bunch of ghosts home with me. Sure. So, but, you know, we've noticed that, that, you know, they can be extremely talkful, talk, talkful when we get there. And, um in some cases, they're they're very relevant, and especially places like we we get the, some of the places we get the the best evidence are you know hospitals, prisons, and state mental institutions. And just think of what goes on in each of those places. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way people were treated in the old state hospitals, the way people are treated in prisons. Some people even being stabbed by other in, inmates, and even the old hospitals. I mean, I mean people die all the time in you know, ER, the emergency room, and, uh, traffic accidents, and uh, maybe they don't even have a chance to say goodbye. So when we go there to these places that are shut, shuttered, you know, there may be spirits still lingering there from the time when they died, and they never had a chance to say anything. And in many cases, they're very, very open. Mm. And I'm sure wow. you've come across that many times, too. Oh, I, I'm, I'm waiting to use this thing. Um in my spirit communication with individuals because um, it could tap into specifically somebody that a loved one that has passed. Um, and Dale, I have two, one definite location that this would be fantastic in, um, okay. in Chicago. Um, it was a keeper of a location's little apartment that they kept at the top of the building and still has furniture and everything in there from 1970. So, wow. uh, yeah. And another North place that uh, might be possible for us that might interest you. But, um, yeah, yeah. And like I said, I, if there might be a location or two I'd be very interested in going with because that thing with the stick man, that's amazing. Yeah. And that would be fantastic for somebody like me if I'm saying I'm picking up energy right here or something, and you can, you know, confirm it. Oh man, yeah. what you know, that 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 would feel great for myself. You know what I'm oh, saying? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I just picked up another uh, another application from the same guy, the same the same location. It's called Armania, A R M A N I A, and this one is very unique. It has a one bank on one side for positive comments, one bank on the other side for negative comments, and in the center it's kind of kind of creepy. There's a face that will come on there every now and then, and what it's supposed to do, and if you go to the, their page again, they have YouTube videos on this. They actually show you how step-by-step step, how this is supposed to work, and it does this, a trial EVP session. It will show you the emotions of the ghost. So if they're happy, there'll be a smile. If they're sad, there'll be a frown. If they're angry, they'll be pouting. And it's just kind of, and it cycles. It can be a woman, it could be a child, it could be a man. 
It's really neat. I haven't yet tried it at a location yet. I kind of demonstrated it here for my group a couple Saturdays ago at our meeting. And mm-hmm. you know, there's another one I want to look at, which also has video banks. So not only do we have sound banks, it plays little video clips, and they mean the <coughs> video clips may be relevant to, again, where you're at. So there's a lot of interesting huh. applications at this site that people may want to look into, and that's called ExtremeSenses.com. I hope they give me a, a little kickback for all the advertising, free advertising <laughs> I'm giving them. <laughs> we need to ring a bell right there, Ed. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> or send them the tape, Dale. Uh. Exactly. Well, I actually yeah. did send them a couple of our, our, our things that we picked up, especially when we were at the cemetery, and it said there was more than 100. And when he yeah. heard that, he goes, wow. He goes, that's amazing. And But he yeah, had some pretty amazing t- stuff on his YouTube video, too. So uh, it was on a live session that you just turned it on just to demonstrate it, asked a few questions, and got these responses right away. So it was really, really neat. Tell the people again how this works, because some people are just, I'm sure, Annette would even love to hear it again. How this yeah, works yeah. with the... Basically, you know, the, the device basically uses sound banks, and sound banks are um, just what it says. There's banks of sound and, and words, similar to what you might pick up on a ghost box or on an, an obelisk in phonetic mode, uh, that it just kind of filters, or even in the echo box, it kind of filters through these sound banks. And you've, you've done echo box in the, in the past. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of similar to that, but even a little bit more sophisticated. It also uses Internet radio channels uh, only in certain modes that you put you know, the device into. It has an echo and a reverb effect, and the spirits, in theory, just like any device that you use, whether it be a novelist, a ghost box, you know, a phasma box, you know, a mini portal, or any of the other real-time EVP devices, um, basically the spirits have to learn to be able to communicate through that. So in some cases, in the beginning, you might get a lot of garbly stuff. You might get a lot of garbage words that make, make no sense. But then eventually, when they learn how to manipulate it, that's when you start to get some real intelligent responses, like we did in Chets, as we did over there at the Humphrey House, and, other, and many other locations I've used this in the past. So um, it's something that, uh, you know, it's the guy kind of, it's an entertainment piece. But it does work, and I mean, um, I was sold on it from my my other group that I would have worked with from the past, uh, which is called Prozi, which is down uh, almost near St. Louis. They're actually just over the border um, in, in Alton, and uh, he had uh, he went to a place called the Rhodes House in Indiana, and they asked the mm-hmm. question, "Do you like bacon?" A few seconds mm-hmm. later, he goes, "I like bacon." And that came right through the, the device, and I go, holy crap. I mean, for something like that to come through like that is really, really amazing. I mean, you're asking a question, you're getting a specific response. And that's why when we use this device, we try to make sure that we, we don't always just ask yes or no questions. We'll ask questions that can be answered with specific words. What's your favorite color? How old are you? Who is the president of the United States? You know, you know what room are we in? Things like that, and then when we get a response, it's not just simply yes or no, because you can hear that coming through a lot, you'll get a response. One of the words that come through quite a bit in all our devices is help, which I find that pretty amazing. And, and from a standpoint of being a psychic medium, Edward, you could probably you know, relate to that. I mean, these, if these are ghosts that are kind of earthbound, they might be looking for help. They might be looking for a way out. <clears throat> yes. Now, 
does the Wi-Fi have to be on with this system, with this device? I believe it does. I believe yeah, you have to have some sort of. I mean, that's for, that's for the I believe for the um, the internet radio uh, channels to come through. I think the sound banks are already in in uh, pr- programmed and yeah. embedded into the program. Um, okay. But again, if you use it in the regular mode, then they they employ both of them. You can actually use it in a reverse mode. Uh, but in the reverse mode, it disables the sound bank, uh, the, the uh, internet radio, and only plays the sound banks. And believe it or not, there's actually a, a, a button on there for Latin. And I go, well, I'm not going to mm-hmm. push that because I don't know anything about Latin. <laughs> so yeah. if the response no. came through, I would be, I'd have to have some professor translate that for me or something, or a medical doctor. Now let me ask you a question for for the listeners and for myself. When you download this device or when you buy it. It's a program. It has to be on Windows 10. Let people know your lap, yeah. your your radio, your tablet ain't going to do it. It has to be on laptop or computer. Um, well, it can, be, it can be on a tablet. I have it on my own tablet. It can be a tablet or a laptop. Um, you know, it can be on your home computer, but that doesn't you know, doesn't do much no, good. No, it ain't going to do it. Parting your no. home computer around. So something portable, no. you know, like a tablet, an iPad. Uh, a laptop or something like that cannot be downloaded and used on a on a on a, on a cell phone or a smartphone. It has to be yeah. a Windows. It doesn't have to be Windows 10. I believe it can be Windows uh, 7 or 8 or 10. I believe. Uh, but okay. check you know, when you before you download them to make sure that you, uh, they tell you what your your basic requirements for each application. You need so much memory. You need with a certain application and make sure that you 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 do that before you download it and pay for it. Okay. Now. You get two different. You get the regular, the box, and you get the additional one, the newer one, I guess. It's two right. devices. Which one are you using? Well, I usually use the original one, only because okay. it seems to have a better chance to show to to to, uh, to do stuff. They have the the regular version, the regular Phasma box, which is not a full screen. Then they have the right. Otima version, right. which is a full screen, but that one gives you not only the capability of uh, manipulating more stuff like you know volume sound so forth and whatever but it has a built-in obelisk so you can run them both at the same time uh you might get a word that comes through on the uh phasma box portion of it but if it comes through on the obelisk it'll say the word and display it on the screen so if it says hello it'll say hello right there uh which is kind of nice but unfortunately, I don't get as much responses, at least to date, on the newer version than I do on the older version. So basically, okay. it's really a matter of personal choice what you want to try. I mean, I would try them both and see which ones you get a better response with. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have the obvious playing either. You could just have the newer vo- version of the box. Right. You can turn yeah. off yeah. either or. Exactly. Or you can mm-hmm. turn off the Phasm box and just run Diabolus. You can run either yeah. or or both at the same time, which is kind of a neat feature. And for our listeners, please explain what an obvious is. An obelisk. An obelisk yeah, basically obelisk. is a device, again, that was originally put together by Digital Dowsing, which has, uh, well, depending on which version you use, I use the Obelisk X, and I'm very happy with it, uh, but there are Obelisk 3, there's Obelisk 4, there's an Obelisk 5, there's an Obelisk 2, there's a Video Obelisk, I mean, there's Obelisk ITC, there's a whole different, and these, even Obelisk is for your iPhone uh, and your smartphone. Uh, but what it does, there are usually two main things with your obelisk. There are what they call dictionary mode. In dictionary mode, there's about 4,000 
programmed words in there, very common to the English language. The idea, again, you ask a question, and they can pull out supposedly the appropriate response, and it will show up on the screen as your response, which is really kind of nice. You don't have to – it's kind of a mechanical-sounding voice, like dictionary mode, it's kind of like a you know robot <laughs> talking. So sometimes the voice that comes through it, it doesn't sound like the word, and that's why the display is very helpful. It also has what I like to use a lot called phonetic mode. Now, in the phonetic mode, it allows the spirits to form their own words, putting together vowels and consonants to form words, and then stringing those words into sentences. We've had entire sentences come through on this device. It does not display, though, on the screen for phonetic mode, only the dictionary mode. One example, people can go to my website, go to um, Hospital X on there, on my uh, website. It's, it's a hospital in, in, in Gary, Indiana. And uh, we were, had the, I had the obelisk on um, in my pocket, hadn't said a word. We got to the fifth floor uh, where the surgical suites were. There was a box full of patients' records that were left behind when the hospital, uh, you know, long before the, the, the HIPAA, HIPAA plans, mm-hmm. that's all personal information there. And one of my friends said, hey, look at all the hospital records. You want to take some? And before he said, before he could take one of those, a voice came through the obelisk that says, get out of here. And it completely, <laughs> a full sentence, you don't even have to read into it. And immediately two people said, did that just say get out of here? I said, sure did. So <laughs> those can produce entire sentences. Uh, sometimes they're not as easy to hear as that. I mean, we've gotten other ones like um, there was one that we were doing in, I believe it was uh, northwest Indiana at a place called Black Moon Manor, which is no longer there. And it said, don't any of, don't any of you believe in ghosts? And that came through the obelisk. Now, this is not hooked up to no radio. This is not hooked up to nothing that produces external stuff that you might get radio bleed through, like some of the ghost boxes. This is all internal to this device. It allows the spirits to form their own words. It's pretty amazing. Wow. Dale, thank you very much. There's a reason why I call this program tonight Chicago Paranormal Legends, and you pretty much explain why you're a Chicago Paranormal Investigator Legend. So I'd like to thank you very much. Um, and it was fun working with you on a couple of those locations. Absolutely. Um, it was a great being on yeah. the show. I appreciate the invitation. Thank you, sir. Thank you for coming. I, and we'll hopefully have you back. I'll be contacting you later um, in the near future, probably after this weather, and um, talk to you about the couple locations. Okay? Sounds great. Look thank you, Dale. Good night, Dale. Much. Good night. Thank you for both of you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was good, wasn't it, Annette? Interesting. That was a that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and creepy that as was you, good. <laughs> and creepy as you said. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what I think about it, you know. How I or how what I feel about it, I should say. Well, I yeah. like the fact that he was able to explain Yes. the technology of why or how those things are working, you know? Uh, yeah, that's good. Because, yeah, because you can throw words out, obvious or whatever, however it's pronounced. And yeah, yet, the obelisk. Yeah. Yeah. So it's best to lead the people know why it's doing what it's doing. So, uh, 
Well, you got to leave your your uh, your teenage boys listen to this. Might start them out in another field, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Mom, look what we got. Uh, yeah, yeah. Really, guys, stop! You're creeping me out. <laughs> Ladies, yeah. listeners, thank you very much. Uh, remember, we won't—we won't. A regular show won't be here next week, but I may be popping in, so uh, it'll show up on your iTunes and stuff like that. Annette, yeah. uh, bear this weather. You're getting a cold front too, aren't you? Or no? Yeah, it's going to start snowing tonight, and, and, then, and then this week is going to be polar. Like Wednesday and Thursday are supposed to be just off the charts. Yeah, yeah. So, I went out and bought one okay. of those uh those 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 face things where you could pull it up under you know up to your oh, nose on the great. bottom. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I figure I could use that for that or for protests in the summer or whatever. But it's uh, yeah. <laughs> good for the cold. Yeah. And and in places where you're gonna clean where there's gonna be dusty, all those things are invaluable. Are they? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But anyway, right. yeah. blessed be and have a good night. The listeners, you you have a great night. Annette, you have a great week ahead. And uh, we're going to finish with this song, our show, end of the show, closing song. Listeners, thank you for joining us. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.